Hey folks, Rigor here. I just wanted to let you know that we had some technical issues at the beginning of this episode. However, a few minutes into it, I was able to correct the issue and the audio gets back to normal. So I apologize for the, uh, the first few minutes not sounding up to the quality that you're used to listening to on Then Is Now Podcast. But like I said, we fixed it and um, after a while it gets back to normal. I also wanted to mention that... Um, so um, I've had a, a basically a busy June and July, and I switched careers, and we talk about it on the show. So I apologize for um, us, the last few episodes, being so delayed, and I also apologize to our guests for the next three episodes, because we had promised them these episodes would be out sooner, they had sort of had uh, time constraints on the things they were promoting, and it just didn't happen. These episodes were supposed to go out in the middle of July. And it's just about, as of this recording, it's, you know, just about August. So uh, I apologize for that. And uh, hopefully once I get these next three episodes and we're at episode 100, we'll be back on track and we'll be trying to get episodes out to you in a more timely manner. Thank you for your patience and please keep spreading the word about Then Is Now podcast. Hi, this is Jerry Mathers from Leave It to Beaver. And this is the Then Is Now podcast. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good, it's scary. What kind of a sick school is this? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. You got spunk. I hate spunk. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Oh, righty then. How you doing? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Say hello to my little friend! I love to celebrate from in the morning. What are you people? On dope? Stop whining. I got a crap on deck that can choke a donkey. Who is your daddy? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Can I do that? I'll be back. A dynamite! Show me the money! Don't! Up your nose with you, never home. A what? I'm sailing! I'm sailing! Groovy. You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Here's looking at you, kid. We got no food! We got no jobs! Our pets' heads are falling off! Go to the coast and get together, have a few laughs. Hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. I love it when a plan comes together. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. We're on a mission from God. 
Hello and welcome to yet another amazing episode of Then Is Now Podcast. I am your host, Rigor, and my co-host is filmmaker Chris Esper. He's once again with me tonight. How's things, Chris? Uh, things are busier than ever, but uh, always glad to be doing these shows. <laughs> Nice little, nice little, nice little break from the status quo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So bring us up to speed on some of the stuff you've been working on. You know, you, you do so many interesting things, and you're so damn humble. <laughs> you don't talk about it. I, yeah, no. you're like, yeah, I work. Well, I'm like, well, what do you do? You know? Yeah, no, I that, 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 that it's yeah, it's a job for me. No, but I, yeah, no, I. <laughs> so right, so these days I'm working for A and E as a uh, assistant editor, working for the TV show Living Smaller. Uh, it's on every Saturday at twelve. Uh, not that I mean, you won't see my work on there because I work for other people who, whose work is seen on the screen. But nonetheless, it's great to be <laughs> great to be part of it. It's uh, the humbleness comes out again. But yeah, no, I'm part of it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so I did that show. Uh, I guess something. I guess something else I, I work on. It's, or I did. I did work on. It's really cool. Is I did a couple of comedy specials for uh, Netflix for the past few months. I worked on. Uh, uh, Pete Davidson and Best Friends, that was the latest one, that's now on Netflix, uh, as well as uh, uh, David Spade's special, Nothing Personal. I also helped on, I didn't get credit for it, but I did also, did a little, I did a little bit of work on um, the Norm MacDonald special, uh, where he was basically recording in front of his computer, and this was like a few months before he passed away. Uh, yeah, oh, wow. so, and uh, it was like sitting on a flash drive somewhere, and then his, his wife discovered it. And um, they had like a round table with like Adam Sandler and David Spade, David Letterman, Dave Chappelle. Well, it's a lot of Daves, I just realized. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Molly Shannon. And they're just like watching the special. They're talking about Norm MacDonald. And I just, I saw yesterday, I got nominated for an Emmy. So I'm like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool, you know, to uh, wow. be, be associated with something uh, like that. So yeah, that's, that's pretty, so yeah, that's been, that's been my life lately. Plus, you know, just, uh, Still trying to stay creative with writing my feature and uh, just well, working on other other productions as a cinematographer. So yeah, a lot of exciting things. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I got some exciting things going on too. I I can't recall if I mentioned it on last episode. So folks, if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But um, uh, as of this recording, today is July 14th of 2022, and tomorrow is my last day at my old at my old uh, at my old job. <laughs> As director of audiovisual for an AV company at a local main hotel, and I've been doing yes. AV off and on for like thirty years, and I'm so done with it. <laughs> um, I, I was telling a buddy of mine the other day that my inner Danny Glover was saying to me, "I'm too old for this shit." <laughs> <laughs> well played. That actually, I'm super that stoked. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm super stoked because you know, although I've been doing um, other this other work that I'm about to bring up part-time, I'm officially starting full-time on Monday the 18th as soap opera news writer for Static Media's website, website thelist.com. And what was really cool was today, I just saw that they finally listed me on their about page. So like if you go to their about page, it's got a picture of all the editors. And then if you click on it, it'll show you their bio uh, with their picture and then beneath that is all the writers same thing and every day since i've been doing this i'm like when are they gonna put me on when are they gonna put me on and then finally <laughs> today it like accidentally popped up it just happened to be a tab that i clicked on i didn't realize i had opened and i was like "Woo, there i am that's awesome i made the list <laughs> that's awesome man 
Yeah, yeah. So I'm super pumped to begin this new phase of my life. And, you know, it's going to open other doors for writing, too, finally, because it's something I've always been meaning to get into and just never had the time for. And now I will. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. Uh, that's great. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, folks. So we've got another uh, mini episode for you today. Actually, it's probably not quite a mini episode. I think we went on for, for quite a bit, although we did get a latest, late start because we had some technical issues. But um, we've got a special guest that's going to talk about his new Halloween slash horror book, and you're going to love it. Class is in session. I have a bad feeling about this. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? Hey, you in my class? I am today. I think you should consider transferring to shock class. Now, now, very few students are severely injured in shock class. Bueller. When you were in school. Bueller. Did you ever cut class? Bueller. Yeah, I guess I did. Sure, most kids cut classes. Good, sign this. Um, he's sick. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance bell ring and all my kids are not here. Seven years of college down the drain. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You lack discipline. As long as I'm here, there will be no grades or gold stars or demerits. We're going to have recess all the time. Woo! Go, play, and have fun now. Okay, folks, our guest today is a guy who's got many irons in the fire. He's the proprietor of Chateau Gurr. One of his passions is uniting like-minded horror and Halloween small business owners. His latest project is a Kickstarter campaign for a fun horror project that's helping the Children's Hospital. It's a book of horror poems called Poems of Grave Importance with great art from around the world. Kickstarter incentives include posters signed by horror greats like John Waters, Larry Cohen, Tippi Hedren, Julie Adams, Brink Stevens, and more. And we're going to talk about all that today. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Crypt Kicker himself, Chad Hawks. Oh, Roger, <laughs> thank you. And Chris, uh, Chris, Roger, both thank you for having me on the show. Uh, that, that was the best. I hope you can, you can hear my smile. That was a beautiful intro. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. We're so glad to have you here. You know, our mutual friend, Eric Eichelberger, connected us. So, a shout out to Eric. And his uh, his documentary uh, exploit this. Looking forward to when he's done with that. Absolutely, yeah. And awesome. uh, while we're waiting on that one, we've we've got poems of grave importance up on deck, as you mentioned. And uh, it is a book of macabre horror poetry. Uh, it's as if you were to take tales from the crypt and just condense it down into some some crazy wild horror poetry. We've we've got the horror poems accompanied by illustrations uh, contributed and created by just a bevy of amazing artists. And uh, some of those, I'm sure, I'm sure you know some of these names. They're not unknowns. Uh, we have mm -hmm. Hilary Bar Barta, who uh, has worked on Simpsons Treehouse of Terror comic book. The oh, nice. SpongeBob series, Garbage Pail Kids, uh, I.B. Trav, who uh, who's done a ton of Scooby-Doo horror movie mashups, as well as just some really fun odes to horror in the illustration world. And Mitch O'Connell, who is the king of pop art. Uh, he's done some work with Heavy Metal Magazine, Rolling Stone, done some work on Doctor Strange. We just have 
such an enormous amount of talent who have been willing to contribute to this book so that we can we can bring the world some great horror poetry and something to uh to carry in your dark gothy basket when you when you visit the cemetery and <laughs> something to read on those sunny days under your parasol nice nice i just wanted to take a step back for a bit here because uh in our email correspondence when we were setting up this recording date um you would ask me and i didn't notice it i apologize i didn't notice it till today you asked me you know how uh chris and i sort of got onto the unique path of podcasting and i yeah. apologize for not seeing that sooner uh, and i will answer that but i want to ask you first about your journey and how you got to where you are now sure well let's see it it goes back i was a vampire for halloween from the beginning of memory and uh at some point when i hit adulthood i just decided you know what i I love Halloween. I love the dark, the macabre. And uh, so that became a side passion as I was working uh, corporate jobs. And I moved to Chicago at some point, call it 20 years ago, and met that core Midwest horror group um, that exists there. And it, just any nothing like I'd ever known on the the West Coast here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Seattle, Seattle had a lot of things going for it growing up, but horror just did not seem to be one of them. And that was the time when I I really wanted to fulfill my dream of having some kind of catch-all for Halloween and horror and horror films and crafting projects, costuming projects, just anything that, that somebody might find fascinating about the world of horror and Halloween in one website. And so I actually quit my job and spent uh, the entirety of my 401k on this website that unfortunately is now defunct. Um, oh. Yeah, during the pandemic, I wasn't getting the notices. It wasn't top priority. And so uh, it it's disappeared. All except uh, for um, the Wayback Time Machine. I was just going to say, yeah, you could go probably go there and find some of your pages. Yeah. Remnants of it exist there, but uh, I was, was a Flash animator as well as uh, just a tinker programmer. And yeah. so had made right. a ton of fun twisted um postcards you could email to your friends and whatnot free of charge and those are all gone all of the flash is gone it had a front a front flash page i i grew up in uh in the corporate world as an animator in the era of putt putt the car and freddie the fish and the uh edutainment i'm doing finger quotes um cd roms that that used to be sold and so my love of that type of animation and the click point discovery chateau gur had this fantastic lobby that a fellow artist friend of mine had had developed and just gorgeous and there were you could spend 
hours just clicking around and you know if you, if you clicked on the dragon's head trophy up at the top and you clicked on maybe a, a spire over here at the you know at the right time it would launch a pumping it up and the the dragon would blow fire on it and you know little wow. things like that where you could just and that was just the front page and uh enlisted a lot of those same horror friends that i got to know through doing this and going to horror film conventions for film reviews and haunted house listings haunted house reviews so uh it was a huge passion project but at the onset i didn't know too much about horror because i grew up in a, a pretty strict household so a good friend of mine, Ian Simmons, who has been doing Kick the Seat for years and is now a Chicago film reviewer, uh, Chicago Film Critics uh, Society. He wow. he asked me, like, well, if you're going to do this huge venture, do you think maybe you want to go to a couple of horror conventions and, you know, watch horror <laughs> films and whatnot? And I was like, oh, I don't know everybody i i just had this vision that i would show up and everyone would just be there trying to scare me like <laughs> like an impromptu haunted house or something and and i'm not easily scared so it you know it it takes a really high level professional haunted house to work but um <laughs> we started going to conventions all around the midwest and uh just such fantastic people from the celebrities to the fans just made so many connections and so many friends and that was where looking around at the different endeavors that everyone was doing like oh my god you know you're trying to do this this film or you're trying to get this haunted house started and you're looking for actors or whatever it was it's like I, I know somebody from this circle. Let me introduce you to these people in this circle. And right. uh, that culminated in an event I called the Kings and Queens of Horror and Halloween. And <laughs> we hosted it in an underground bar in Chicago. And kudos to this bar. It was a very trendy bar, but they gave me an incredible price for the night. Uh, Especially. Wait, wait, I have to ask. Did they have trendy saloon doors in there? <laughs> <laughs> they did not, but they got behind this so much that the owner was like, hey, I'm going to have all all the cocktail waiters and waitresses <laughs> in <laughs> like one uniform horror costume. And I was like, wow, uh, cool. Thank you. So <laughs> That's awesome. They, they had a good time. It was so delightful to see people that I met. You know, there's there's so many overlapping niche fields for for the horror and Halloween industries. You know, and it you may not venture out of those because you're so so driven and so stuck into one small aspect of it that it was it was just fantastic to see everyone come together and meet and mingle and it yeah yeah I, you know i get a little choked up it was fun so that's awesome um yeah that's that's a little about about where i come from 
Well, and that reminds me, and Chris, I'm sure it reminds you too. We had a guy on the show named Scott Bradley, who's an author, and his author name is S.A. Bradley. And he's written a book about horror and, you know, how horror actually makes you happy and healthy. And that was kind of his story, too, is that he was always into horror. And he went to a convention one time and he realized he met all these people that were like minded. And it just kind of blew him away. And just one thing led to another. And he same thing. He quit his job and just started writing about horror and just really getting into it full time and, you know, making a life for himself out of it, which is awesome. That is. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, I think there is a common misperception, even within the genre, but for people outside Mm. of it, definitely that, you know, if you, if you tell someone you're working in the Halloween industry or the horror industry, eh, you're kind of a freak and, you know, you're, you're probably uh, eating babies or something. (laughs) You know, some of the warmest, kindest, you know, we, we watch horror. Like, like you mentioned that maybe Scott is is, uh, saying that we watch it so that we don't have to live it. And uh, it, it is very, very therapeutic. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so to answer your question in, in the email, uh, hold on, let me, I need to pause for one second here. Okay. Audition is finally up and running. So to answer your question uh, from the email uh, for me, and I've told the story on the show a, a couple times here now, so I'm not going to go over it again, but uh, basically 1972, I have a vivid memory of it being in the backseat of my parents' car, seeing uh, uh, an amicus, amicus anthology film called Asylum. And I have vivid memories of scenes from that, and that just kind of stuck with me. And my parents were always into horror, so uh, we saw practically every horror movie that was out. In fact, I do a lot of research on the side, um, looking up old movie ads from you know when you mm-hmm. could go to the newspaper and look up when you know what's playing at what time, and they would have you know posters like tiny versions of movie art in the newspaper. Um, and I'd see movies now lately and I'm like, wait a minute, I saw that, I saw that, I saw that. Why did my parents take me to see that? What the heck? So <laughs> it's just funny. But so horror has always been with me. You know, I grew up with uh, a whole generation of us grew up watching, whether it be something like we had in Boston, which was Creature Double Feature, which was two yeah. horror movies every Saturday afternoon with an announcer, or you had a horror host. And, you know, we did a big discussion about this recently. Um, that a whole generation of kids grew up pretty much watching the same show, even though it wasn't on a network and it wasn't the exact same show on every network. They, they all, every market had their own way of presenting these films. And, you know, and that's the thing for me is that got me into horror. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I started up a, a horror TV channel back in the late nineties and it was still, too soon because it was like we would still be broadcasting from satellite had everything lined up and then the investors got cold feet and pulled out so i switched gears and i started up a cable access show called then is now because i wanted to talk about um you know pop culture of the past i one of the things for me is with my kids is that ever since they were born back in the early 2000s i made sure they they knew who fonzie was they knew uh, you know, Star Trek. They knew all this stuff, horror movies, science fiction, everything, because 
I felt like I needed to bring them up to speed on all the cool stuff they missed out on. And so that's how I kind of <laughs> still feel today. And that's why the podcast we're doing it today, at least for me, is I feel like there's a lot of stuff that needs to be talked about that these kids today don't remember. I mean, thankfully, you're starting to see uh, Generation Z or whatever the next generation is. They're th showing an interest in like vinyl records. They're showing an interest in older movies, which they weren't doing. After about, for me, I noticed after about 1990, you know, when Frank Sinatra died, I forget what year that was, people just started to forget about all the old actors and singers and the music and movies that came before it. And with a few exceptions, you got your Star Wars, your Jaws, you know, those will always live on. But a lot of them that should be remembered aren't. And so that's what we're trying to do with this show is, you know, basically helping folks introduce the young people in their lives to all the cool stuff they missed out on. So that's sort of where I'm at here. Chris? So the path to horror in general or doing this podcast or like what? Little of both. Little of both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't really begin uh, my childhood really as a horror buff. I, it was just more being just a general movie buff, I guess. Uh, you know, I so I grew up in the born in late eighties uh, and then uh, grew up in the nineties. So I uh, so most of my love for movies came from the video store which is like uh, a relic right now <laughs> and uh, something I seriously miss. I don't no, really, oh, yeah. like, you know, Netflix, Netflix just, I love Netflix, but it doesn't do it for me the same way. There's that commute. <laughs> there's that communal aspect. That's sorely, sorely missed. Um, <clears throat> but I do have, I certainly do have in terms of horror. I do have certainly have vivid memories of walking into a video store, browsing the shelves, the thing that always sold me on what to rent was the cover. I think that's. I think everyone. I think everyone says the same thing, but it's true. You saw that VHS cover with that custom painted art. There's just nothing like it. And so, but in terms of horror, I can remember passing by the shelves, seeing very specific covers. Some of them would actually even give me the creeps. I remember just like looking at them and be like, oh, I don't know if I want to see <laughs> that. You know. <laughs> uh, but. Um, but that's how my love for film got started, and I started making movies in my teens, just like YouTube movies. Um, and then uh, I thought I wanted to be an actor, but that didn't really uh, shape into anything. But then I found I loved filmmaking, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go in this direction. Uh, but all the while, I was becoming a movie buff and just loved researching and talking about cinema in general. Uh, so, you know, I did like a little bit of writing, uh, whether it was on a blog or on a website for... Uh, play. There's a website called Taste of Cinema. I did a few contribution pieces for that website once before, uh, but uh, but then in terms of doing this, uh, every once in a while, I would I would uh, be a guest on a podcast to talk about a specific movie. Uh, getting onto this one, it was kind of weird. So Roger reached. Uh, we have this group of friends. We were doing the show. Roger was part of it, and then uh, he uh, he was like, yeah, I'm going to be doing this podcast where we talk about very specific horror movies for the month of October. Uh, anyone want to do this? I'm like, I'm, you know, I kind of shot my hand up. I'm like, I'm sure, I'll, I'll do it. So then we t we started just talking about, like, just four movies. We found that we had a good uh, rapport and good shorthand, and, yeah, then we then we started doing the show together. Yeah. Yeah, that was really awesome. That's, yeah. And I... Th oh, go and, ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 go you go. <laughs> I just Chris the you know it's so uh, 
fantastic that you grew up you kind of straddled two eras there you know you're on the you're on that amazing video store you caught it before they just disappeared disappeared entirely but but yet you know to make your own films and just not not need film not need you know a camera go straight to youtube and then podcasting and just the internet in general god that's that's so enviable and uh yeah i mean i was it's funny i was just joking the other day because one of my friends she sent me a text and she goes oh i'm watching you've got mail and i go (laughs) oh i go i go wow i go wow i feel old when i think about that movie because (laughs) first of all i was like first of all i'm I'm, i must have been at least eight years old when that movie came out or nine whatever but beyond that that was still at a time when you had dial-up at your home and you couldn't be on the you couldn't be on the phone you couldn't be on the internet at the same time. So my sister's screaming at me, Chris, get off the computer. I'm on the phone. I'm like, I'm like no, no, I got to get on the computer. <laughs> and and it was and it wasn't for anything at port. I just wanted to go on IMDb to look up an old movie. That, that's all I was doing on AOL. I was just looking up old movies, like, you know, like finding out who directed this, who wrote this, you know. But, I mean, that's that's what you did back then. And so, I mean, it's – so, you know, you know, it's funny. I always say that I kind of wish I was born at a bit of a – earlier period to experience more of like the things that Roger talks about going to, you know, doing like the drive-ins or, you know, those sort of things. But yet I have such a nostalgia for it, even though I wasn't around for it, that it almost feels like I was, because I have such an appreciation for it. So yeah, no, absolutely. I do sort of tread, my generation does sort of tread this like weird line of like being part of the old school, going into the new, it's it's really strange. Yeah, yeah, and it's really sad because my kids have a vague recollection of going to the video store because we would go there and rent PS2 games and, you know, movies right. and stuff, and it was right after everything had sort of switched over from VHS to DVD. Um, so it's yep. too bad. I mean, it's, it's kind of good, I guess, that they did have some experience, but it's too bad that it's so vague for them. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. But yeah. how do you... Be- feel that the technology has altered horror in the last call it 20 years well personally i think it's made it more difficult i think that these kids today they don't know where to start where to begin that's part of the reason i mean obviously this show is is mainly about pop culture but we do have a major horror slant to it and also our other show Mm -hmm. the fright lounge is it's for newbies as well as seasoned horror vets because you know, the, nobody knows where to begin. You've got like 20,000 streaming services. Uh, just for example, Tubi. I find all kinds of awesome 70s horror movies on Tubi, that some of which I've never yes. heard of. But I kind of know where to look and what to look for. And if I don't, I Google it. But the kids today, they don't know where to begin. And that's one of the things Chris and I have done on the show here is we started up, if you want to help someone get into horror, where do you start? So our method was... You start, at least I based it on my experience growing up, you start with the old Universal Classics. And so we reviewed mm-hmm. a whole bunch of the major Universal films in through the 1950s. We're still in the 50s now. We're doing stuff. But little by little, you know, we're talking about these films. You know, and when we started it, we were like, explain to them what black and white is. Explain to them why there's no color, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. I, but but yeah, but to, but to even have to explain that, it's like wow, what a concept! Right. They even have to, <laughs> they even have to explain. Yeah, no, no, you know what? There was a time when there was no such thing as video, and certainly there was no such thing as 
color film at that time it was still uh, very primitive i rem i remember yeah. almost 20 years ago when i was married to my first wife and uh we had some friends over and they had a little girl and i was watching an old black and white movie i forget what it was and she walks over to the tv and she goes why is it like that i go look <laughs> i go like what and what? she couldn't articulate and i go oh you mean there's no color and she's like yeah is is that why she's your ex-wife? No, 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 no. <laughs> this was a friend of ours, a friend's kid. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Hello, this is Rod Barnett. I'm the host of The Bloody Pit, the podcast that examines films from across the decades. On The Bloody Pit, we have several ongoing series of shows within the show focused on specific things in genre cinema that I and my co-hosts find fascinating. There's a long-running series focused on Italian maestro Antonio Margheriti's films from the 1960s all the way up through 1990. There's an on-again, off-again series focused on 1970s science fiction films. There's an in-depth look at the Western movies that William Castle made before he struck out on his own and became the horror auteur that we know and love. A look at the classic Coffin Joe films from Brazil. And our long-term project to look at every universal horror film made in the 1940s. That's a long project, people. It's going to take us a long time. Sprinkled in amongst those are various other episodes focused on other stranger areas of cinema, like uh, Lucio Fulci, Dario Argento, and even some obscure British crime films from time to time. So join me and my rotating crew of co-hosts as we examine the stranger side of cinema through an exploitation lens. Except when we don't? Yeah, you never really know exactly what to expect on The Bloody Pit. So join me for The Bloody Pit. spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Here your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and The Head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster Kid Radio. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history, from the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? 
Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Well, I, I've got a quick thumper for you, maybe. Um, and this is a, a lifelong quest and a very vague memory, but when I was a very... I would guess maybe three, four years old, uh, my mom would take me to the drive-in with, you know, the the first feature was usually pretty light. Yeah. Um, but but it was a station wagon. It was a 70s wagon. Oh, nice. You know? Yeah. And for a kid of that age, the back end of those things is like a living room, oh, yeah. you know, so... I had my sleeping bag, my pillow, my special blanket, probably, uh, you know, a tr- whole tribe of stuffed animals. But uh, I was in, I was supposed to be asleep. And one movie that I distinctly remember and was able to actually identify as an adult was The Happy Hooker. <laughs> so yeah. he was not discriminant with what she was taking me to, because again, you know, she could look in the rear view mirror and she should not be seeing eyeballs, right. but they would pop up every once in a while. And there was a particular film. I don't honestly know. It could have been a murder, more of a, a drama film or a dramatic, you know, mystery type film. But there was a scene in which, the young starlet, I I want to say it was maybe a wrecking yard type uh, situation. And she was in an old pickup truck, uh, the kind, you know, uh, like pre, I would say, 60s and earlier where they were frequently stuffed with straw. And she looked, she was in the driver's seat and looked down and noticed something like in a hole in the seat and started kind of moving the hair around and there was a body in in the the pickup seat and she screamed and ran out and that's all i remember huh but it's such a vivid memory from such an early age you know and with all the power of the internet and with amazing as i think most of us have become with manipulating Google searches and going, okay, I, I understand how to speak this search language. I have still come up. I've never known. Interesting. And it's, it's so vague and it's hard. So right, right. in your one, have you happened to see anything similar to that, that might, uh, Hmm be able to pinpoint yeah that's interesting it doesn't really ring a bell i at first when you said starlet i was thinking um uh dressed to kill right off the bat but then your description obviously it's not that movie uh hmm well i'll have to i'll have to do some digging on yeah. that <laughs> think on that and if something comes to mind or if you come across it it's know. probably an italian giallo film which is why it's a little oh. difficult to find that could be yeah 
and and good drive-in fare. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we still go to the drive-in. And in fact, all of 2020, when everything else was closed, the drive-ins were open, so it was great for us because we love going there, anyways. Oh, that's so fantastic. And and you know the the pandemic hit its time where, from what I had seen and was what I was reading at the time, was that most drive-ins were struggling, and you know, we lost a lot of our drive-ins and, and all the, the poplar trees that would line a drive-in classically, you know, and identify it as like, oh, that's the natural border. So as you're driving by, you can't watch the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of them in Washington had closed down. Um, ah. And so I think that that social distancing was actually a boon for a lot of those struggling drive-ins. Um, unfortunately, I was living on a somewhat remote island at the time and the one drive-in on the island they the i think it was the state state or county um wouldn't let them open Uh, it's like what why you know outside you're socially distanced (laughs) exactly you're in your own car and say no concessions fine but you know yeah i'm I'm happy to hear it it helped yeah so many other Oh yeah, they were thriving afterwards. They're still doing well now, you know, which is really good. So let's change gears here and tell us about Chateau Gur. I love that name. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it was ambitious, um, and it really was meant to be, you know, any aspect of of horror Halloween that you were into it was meant to be a place where you could go and, and just discover and meet new people. There was a social back end. You could have your profile. Um, had it continued, had I, you know, had the funds, I think, what was it built on? Uh, it was built on something at the time. Uh, the name escapes me now. It wasn't Ruby on Wales, but, um, it worked well. It integrated the flash well, but um, it's the, you know they're both kind of defunct now. So even if it had existed, the overhaul would have been just probably too much. But if I had started it, you know, recently with the expansion into the metaverse, and really Second Life was kind of a, a motivational factor for Chateau Gur because. I wanted to take those early, uh, early humongous animated games where you are the character and you're in charge of where you're going and how your story is unfolding and take the Facebook uh, format of, hey, I've got my own. If you're old enough, you you know that Facebook used to have walls and uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's true you you'd you'd have your own hotel room within this monster hotel and you know and then hotel transylvania came out (laughs) several years after it's like ah that's exactly what i wanted this to be and you know eventually you could you could create your own monster to pal around with and you'd have your own avatar and uh really make it like second life but dump in a bunch of 
horror film reviews and uh at one point had a just a delightful guy who i i didn't know him in person we met through the internet uh i had put a call out for hey i need someone to be basically an advice columnist but i need some sort of horror slant <laughs> you know this horror halloween website i want people to be able to write in with questions and you answer them from this persona he was like done and people would write in with ridiculous things and the stuff you would come up with was like definitely a horror slant on david barry you know where <laughs> it was hilarious and twisted um it was great and so so it never really thrived. It was one of those things where um, quitting my job, you know, my boss is like, I I can't talk you out of this in any way, can I? I can see it in your eyes. I'm like, yeah, I, I got to do this. And uh, I did it. It was built, um, but uh, it, it cost me everything. And now it's there's very little to see. So it's it's a fond memory. <laughs> wow. There's some mm-hmm. awesome working files. Yeah. Uh, so where did the name uh, Crypt, Kick- Crypt Kicker come from? Is that a reference to the song uh, Monster Mash? It is, yeah. Uh, oh. I just I loved the song growing up and was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be one of the Crypt Kicker five, nice. you know. Yeah, <laughs> the Crypt Kicker. So, yeah, just adopted that and uh, wound up doing – um roger you and i were talking before the show uh if you give me a script and hope that i'm gonna verbatim say something on the stage all is lost (laughs) Um, (laughs) one of my most embarrassing moments in my life was uh working a horror fest and i was asked to introduce a celebrity and you know, I'm still at that point scrambling. Well, I still am scrambling to just intake all of the amazing classic horror and 80s horror. And now, we've, like you said, we've just got such a glut of there's there's no barrier to entry anymore. Right. Anyone can make a film. Anyone can make a great film. And sometimes you don't know until you just sit down and give it the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, this was... 10 years ago and I I really did not know people and Robert Hiltzik of Sleepaway Camp I will never forget his name um, it helps that I sat down and actually interviewed him after this incident but um, I showed up to a film festival and was grabbed and said hey can you please go on stage and introduce him it's like uh sure <laughs> I got on stage and I you know it was a crowded film fest that this particular festival um i would guess two 250 people in the audience uh if not more it was a a pretty big theater and pretty full and i you know i think the last directors for their movie and a little bit of patter and then move into the introduction i'm like and now without further ado robert and and that was it it was not (laughs) And it never came to me. And it was so mortifying. Oh just, <laughs> I just tried to play it off like, 
yeah <laughs> i knew my first name um, oh man so uh that that was probably my worst moment on stage but other than that uh i've acted as host for different events that aren't mine um but then um uh, you're a friend of mine in chicago we she also has the same love of uniting artists together for you know like hey if you don't have a project we'll make one up and uh, we got together and said let's have a halloween party and we rented out one of the larger bars in chicago um coincidentally just before it closed down perhaps for nefarious reasons we're not <laughs> sure, but um they gave us a great deal on a friday night and it was ours so we had five djs opened it up to all of our friends they could come set up booths we had horror book sellers we had a fang smith we had um oh i, f I forget just the huge range of vendors that we invited to come we had a short film screening for one of our horror director friends who had a new film out um we did a silent auction, but you were you were uh, bidding on these costumes that various artists in the genre had put together and then modeled by burlesque dancers. So, I mean, just the, the amount of talent and artwork that went into the the entertainment throughout the night was staggering and just uplifting you know wow. it was fantastic so yeah um that was that was probably the pinnacle of you know how i kept a day job throughout that <laughs> it took six solid months of daily you know organizing planning paperwork communicating to people getting everything together but but i i just thrive on it so with with this kickstarter um I get the same joy out of being able to deliver this, this wonderful book of horror poetry. And I get my, my Excel kicks on the back end and uh, on the front end, all of our supporters, they're getting fantastic things. And, you know, one of my joys is uh, a Kickstarter should be cumulative. You know, if you're going for the, the fifty dollar tier, well, that should include everything up to the fifty dollar right, tier. Right, right. So, um, organizing that and and the behind the scenes costs, keeping those at just bare minimum, so that we can just send people a ton of fun stuff. That's that's my passion. Nice, nice. That's and I, you've I got like a it. lot of big names uh, that you got to contribute to this. How did you get them? Yeah. Uh, just. <sighs> Calling, talking, asking. Um, there's some uh, not not cold calling. I'm not suggesting you know cold cold call your favorite celebrity out there if anybody has numbers. <laughs> but um, definitely you know meeting people at conventions and and talking and um, just reaching out and uh, saying hey would you be up for you know doing for instance one of our lower tiers. Um, if you sign up for that, if you pledge at that amount, uh, we've got 
some horror greats reading various poems from the book. So like Ari Lehman, you know, who was wow. the first Jason Voorhees. Yeah. And um, also the band first Jason. Uh, <laughs> and funny story, I was momentarily living in Kansas City and all of a sudden saw that that Ari Lehman and his band first Jason was playing a couple of blocks away. So uh, I know him mostly from Chicago and like, wow, this is surreal. You're you're here. You're in Kansas. City. Okay. <laughs> no, let's, let's listen to some heavy metal. Um, we've got uh, two amazing screen queens from Summer Party Massacre, Deborah DeLiso and Brink, Brink Stevens. Stevens yeah. yeah, she's just if you look at her IMDb, she just does not stop. She has worked consistently and just gives her all to this genre. So, oh, yeah. you know, uh, Lynn Lowry, uh, another, another great actor who's been in so many things, uh, not only the original crazies, but also came back for a cameo in the updated one. So, uh, and, and we just, asked you know hey can you can you do a fun dramatic overly dramatic reading of one of our poems they're like yeah sure so <laughs> our supporters uh, are gonna are gonna get a handful of those and that's that's fun uh and also the, i think we're at our a point in our campaign we're down to three days and we're past 100 percent. we're working on our first stretch goal and that means there's a lot of folks that won't, even though you're not charged, unless a project makes it to 100%, uh, they're just hesitant. You know, it's speculative. I don't know if this money is really going to go somewhere, or if I'm going to get anything from this. Right now, 100%, we are, we are making this book. We are publishing this book. So signing up, you know, my promise to our supporters you're getting this stuff, you know, we're, we're beyond doubt now. So, yeah. That's, uh, so, so, that's awesome. so, so, so what is the official end date of the uh, campaign? The 12th. I'm sorry. Not so long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it already back. passed. Though. Yeah. Well, you've got yeah. a time travel machine. That's part of the, that's right. The giveaways. Pop in there quick. Pop in there quick. The way, the way, the way back machine. <laughs> yes. Uh, July 18th. Um, okay. At, at, It'll be 12 p.m. noon Central Time. So um, nice. Yeah, and and we're close to our stretch goal. Uh, our stretch goal is going to allow us to do, you know, just publish more copies of poems of grave importance to get them out, uh, to get them to, to some retailers, and uh, also allow us to uh, upgrade the books that we are printing. Um, here and there in, you know, in all the ways you can, uh, there's paper choices and cover selections. So, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And we also, we've got not only the, the digital paperback hardback version of the books, we've got tote bags and t-shirts. If you want to be a, a, you know, a member of the, the poems of grave importance inner circle 
you can get your name on the back of the t-shirt that all not all but the supporters of that level and above are going to be wearing so um that's something that when i'm supporting uh when i'm backing other kickstarters i like to look for those oh where can i get you know where can i get the name crook kicker you know can i get it at the end of of your film um or the front of your book and we have those options so there's a little bit of something for everybody hmm. whether you're looking for the poems of grave importance hard goods like the t-shirt and the tote bag and the actual book uh we've got the notoriety we've got the uh the posterity angle as well as we've got a lot of collection pieces um you mentioned the larry cohen autographed the stuff posters um there's not going to be a lot of those around. So right. Uh, right. the, the John Waters poster, um, the uh, we've got some items signed by Joe Dante. Oh, wow. And oh, uh, nice. father of Gore, Herschel Gordon Lewis. Oh, wow. Got very few blood. I think we only have two blood feast posters. So, and then uh, uh, we've got an entire tier dedicated to Romero and his dead series um night of the living dead dawn of the dead day of the dead land of the dead and uh they're autographed by various various actors nice so yeah we're, we're trying to so there's something for everybody there that's we awesome hope. that's awesome we had yeah. we had judith nice. o'day on the show uh quite a while ago and um it, that was just an amazing interview but so, uh, first of all, Chad, I apologize. I didn't realize the date was so close. Um, would have liked to have recorded this sooner, but uh, my life has been totally chaos. Uh, we'll try and get it out as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. If we can get, at least get out on Sunday, we'll get the word out because Monday is going to be your last day. Yeah, but, but that works. You know, there, there's that fervor of, you know, we are at 100%, so anything you sign up for, guaranteed you're going to get and it's not over till it's over so uh any any help is great help nice. and uh, certainly nice. appreciate both of you taking the time and talking poems of grave importance as well as your own histories and thanks for listening to mine as i blather on that's <laughs> so so where can listeners find you and Poems of Grave Importance online. Uh, poems of Grave Importance. If you head to Kickstarter, just put in Poems of Grave Importance. It is one of the projects that Kickstarter is de deemed a project, project we love. So it's easy to find. Nice. Um, you can, I have a link tree. If anybody's interested in um, maybe a future project or something. And that's... Uh, whatever link tree i think it's linktree.tr let me, let me uh, pop i might have it right here actually hold on it's uh uh it's linktr.ee slash the crypt kicker that is it thank you i think that's <laughs> one and we'll put all these links in the show notes too so folks can find you all right cool thank you awesome awesome so, Chad, thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, it was great. It was fun dishing about horror movies. And, you know, one thing, yeah. I, I was kind of glad that you had asked me that question of how I got on the path because that's what we always ask the guests, too. But it's interesting when you think about it, 
how all three of us, all the things, all the decisions we made in our life got us to this point for some reason. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not yep. that anything maybe spectacular yep. is going to happen, but it's just interesting to think about the set of circumstances that got us here, you know? Yeah. When you think about it, it's the butterfly yes. effect, yep. you know? And to to be here in this moment, talking to the two of you, just fantastic. More more connections. Yeah. That's it. And yeah. and speaking of which, you have an open invitation to come on anytime you want if you want to if you've got new projects you want to promote or if you just want to come on and just discuss horror in general or a specific movie or franchise, you are more than welcome to just reach out to me if you get an idea and say, "Hey man, can I come on and talk about this?" and you know, we'll do it, man. Oh, heck yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Roger Chris, thank you very much. Take care. Take care. Oh man, that was a fun interview, huh? No, it definitely was. He, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed listening to everything he was saying about the mission behind what he's doing and where it all stems from. And you know, we talked about journeys a lot, and I thought that was really cool to hear his and how he had interest in hearing our journeys. So that I thought that was really neat. It was neat. It was neat. It was kind of a change of pace for us, which was kind of cool and gives the audience a little bit more insight into where you and I come from right. uh, in terms of what we're doing here. And yeah, I thought it was great. It did, Like I said, it did remind me of Scott Bradley, yep. which tells me that we're not the only ones out there. There are other people that are having these experiences. And I don't mean like a near-death experience. I mean, right. you know, these finding something, whether it be horror movies or it could be any genre or any kind of thing that you're into but when you find those group of people that you can relate to i think that's key to survival in society you know oh sure i mean you always hear the stories about um well for example um how some of the filmmakers that we know today who grew up in the late 70s early 80s and they grew up on they grew up reading you know some of these like movie making magazines and they were very, very specific, but no one else around them, they didn't know anyone else around them that was into that kind of thing. And then when they went to conventions or whatever, they found their circle. And I think that's also, I think that's right. ultimately what it comes down to is you find, you find the people that uh, are within, I guess, like that peer system of like, of like, oh, well, you know, we, we you know, we like the same things uh, as uncommon as it is. You find, you find the people that like the same things. I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. Exactly, exactly. Like for me, if like, you know, say the wife and I, uh, we meet another couple and we've become friends with them a little bit and I go to talk to the guy and he's all into sports and fishing. I'm like, I don't know what the hell right, to say. Right. I don't, I'm not into those <laughs> things. Do you watch General Hospital? Do you watch horror movies? No? Uh, well, then I'll right, talk to you exactly. later. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, nope. No, uh, you talked to me about sports. I, I I couldn't tell you what the. I watch a football game. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> I really don't. Right. I, I same thing. It's just a bunch of guys that clash into each other, and that's then it, it stops for yeah, about ten it. minutes. Then they all crash into each other, and then it stops yeah. for ten minutes. Where is the enjoyment yeah. in that? <laughs> I I'll never forget a buddy of mine. He uh, I'm going off on a bit of a side story here, but a buddy of mine, <laughs> a buddy fine. of mine was writing a script, and he doesn't know sports either. But he was writing the script. He had a scene that takes place at a at a baseball game instead of writing what the play was in the script he puts a player does something i'm like perfect <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome 
That's awesome. When I first started working in AV, uh, the, my boss at the time, who is now a good friend of mine, at the time, he was shocked that I didn't watch football or any kind of sports. And I said, well, you know, in regards to football, I'm like, well, is there any karate in it? He's like, well, no. I'm like, is there any shooting? He's like, no. I'm like, well, then why should I watch it? Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Well, folks, we had a great discussion. That was awesome. So please be sure to check out Kat, Chad's Kickstarter and uh, his links. They'll all be in the show notes. We're trying to get this episode out as soon as we can because uh, it does end soon, which I apologize I was not aware of. But either way, even if you miss the Kickstarter, but you do uh, end up on the other end, you can get a great book that's coming out of it. So uh, moving forward, don't forget to check out our monthly live streaming show, Fright Lounge, with co-host Bill Van Rin from Groovy Doom and the Drive-In Asylum Double Feature, where we talk about all horror media. And it's geared towards newbies as well as seasoned horror fans, so everybody should love this show. Check that out. And don't forget that Patreon's a place where you can support artists. Yes, we are artists. This is an art form that we're working on here. And we got some great stuff going on at our Patreon page, including our exclusive filmmaker series, where we talk to writers, directors, producers, and basically anybody behind the scenes in film and television. So please be sure to check out the Patreon link on our website and help support your favorite pop culture show. It's only three bucks, Chris, and that's the same price as what? A cup of coffee. That's right. And when you when you sign up, you'll be entered into a monthly contest to win actor Sean Kanan's book, Way of the Cobra. And just a reminder for those who don't know, Sean was he played the villain Mike Barnes in Karate Kid 3, as well as AJ Quartermain on General Hospital. And now he's Deacon Sharp on Bold and the Beautiful and Young and the Restless. So he's got a ton of things going on. And it's a great deal. It's a free book, but it's awesome. It's so amazing. It's It's actually part of uh you know a lot of what i got out of that book has in part affected my life and that's how i was able to find this new job and move on so i highly recommend this book and you know while you're on our, our site also check out our t public link to get some cool merch and uh we've we've got well it's not really new anymore but our latest shirt is our classes in session design so you know, get on there and, and grab the merch when you can. That's right. And we also want your feedback. So please email us at that is not 42 at gmail.com. You can also join the conversation at our Facebook page. That is now podcast group. Uh, that is now is a proud member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. So be sure to check out other great shows on there at the Dorkening Podcast Network.com. Also on our website at havenpodcast.com is our sister show, The East Meets the West, in which we discuss Shaw Brothers films and Spaghetti Western movies. And that is now is on YouTube. So visit youtube.com slash user slash Uncle Death One to get the latest videos as well as other fun videos. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and also share it with your friends and get them to subscribe as well. Don't forget to hit the little bell to get notifications on new videos too. That's right, the little bell. Ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Also, please go where, wherever you download your podcast from. If you're not listening to them on our website and you've got a podcast app on your phone, uh, go there, and if you can, if you're enjoying the show, leave us a great review. Five stars would be awesome because what, what happens is that affects the algorithms when people are searching for podcasts in those apps, and it'll bump us up the list, and more people will be able to find us. And, you know, of course, as we always say, you can find us on all the podcasting apps, especially the big three, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Class dismissed. Now podcast is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. 
Sounds, music, and clips played during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media. shows like the one you just heard check out the dorkening podcast network at the dorkening.com